Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And today I get to interview Anders Varner of Barbell Shrugged, of Movement RX, and this was an awesome interview once again. Anders, just from the get-go, is 100% just ready to go, just absolutely passionate, really not just about movement in general, lifting, fitness, but everything he does, he's just all in just passionate there, and I think this comes out in the episode, and I really hope you guys enjoy because he is just one of those guys where you know he's just doing this because he loves it, and he just wants to share it with the world, so here is him helping to share everything he has with the world, and I hope you guys enjoy. Alrighty, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast, and on the line today, I have Anders Varner. Anders, we were just chatting a little bit here, and Really, what I like to know about everybody when they come on the show is share us, share with us like your health and wellness journey, like up until this point. Like, wh- what got you here? What are you doing now? Yeah. Just catch everybody up to speed, please. Um, yeah, the, the question that spawned all of this is how do I how do I see myself in the strength and conditioning world, basically? Yeah. Uh, and I I don't really know. I have no clue. Um, I know what I, I I I want people to take away, but I don't really know what box I'm supposed to be in. What, what is that perception that you're looking just for people to take away? Let's start there. I just want people to love lifting weights and do it in the most healthy way possible because that's what I try to do. And um, everything that I have in my life, like literally everything I have in my life is because I really love lifting weights and I love being in the gym and I love being around healthy people um, from my house to my wife to the experiences, all the people I've met, everyone I meet and everyone I hang out with and everyone that's important to me has come from the ability to have fun picking up weights. Um, Where did that start? Like what, what got you like what, so what was long ago. first spark? Um, so I, I started lifting weights when I was 13, which is really crazy. I, um, I left home at 14 to go play ice hockey. So I'm from Virginia. Um, that's not a cold state. <laughs> and if you want to play ice hockey, you should be around people that live in the cold all the time because they're better at cold sports because <laughs> they get to play all the time. Um, and they grow up around it. So I was selected to represent like the Mid-Atlantic in this if, for all the old people out there that play ice hockey, there was a tournament uh, called Hockey Night in Boston that I was selected to play in. Um, we showed up representing the Mid-Atlantic and got our asses kicked. And I realized <laughs> there was actually really good hockey players out there. And if I wanted to be good at hockey, I needed to go find them and see if I stacked up, see how I stacked up and be around people that were actually good at what they did. Um, so I left home and I was a really late bloomer, um, and in order not to literally get my ass kicked on the ice every single day, because when you show up to play prep school hockey, there's kids that are 19 years old doing postgraduate years, they have full beards and I hadn't even hit puberty. So was, I needed to learn how to get strong as fast as possible. And that was kind of the, the weightlifting journey lifted all the way through high school, um, I'm like 5'8", 5'9", 185 pounds when I graduate high school. No no college coaches are banging down the doors to talk to me. Um, go figure. Um, <laughs> so 
I just really I enjoyed being in the gym. And when I got to college, I met uh, my one of my roommates. My senior year was Brian Borstein, um, and him and I had been in the weight room already up until that point. Like he started around 13, I started around 13, and man, it was like a great training experience. Um, I opened a gym with him 10 years later. Um, not 10 years, probably you know, seven, eight years later, but, um, yeah, we, so we trained together for a long time. And then 2006, I found the CrossFit and then I decided that, that's early that, on too. Like, oh yeah, that's really understand that. I like, I like to tell people that I was like inside the first thousand people that ever did it, even though I don't really know if that's true. It's, it's, it's fairly accurate. It, it's, it's early enough that, um, I, there's, there's not many people on the planet that go that far back. Um, so yeah, when I found CrossFit, it just, it it incorporated everything that I wanted to do. Right. I wanted to, I, I was already lifting weights. Lifting weights was already really important to me. And the fact that someone created a sport about lifting weights could not have been any cooler in my life. And I went on an 11 year journey down that, um, down that path and, uh, opened a gym in 2000, uh, 2010, six years later, sold that. I, um, yeah, competed at regionals four times, put 70 something athletes into the regional, um, trained with John Cena for three and a half years lifting weights has been really, really, really cool for me. And, um, I've been very lucky and it's been a lot of work and I, I'm just really, really interested in people living a healthier life. And if you want to learn how to lift weights and have it be something that is potentially life changing and brings endless value to you, I would love to teach you how to do it. And, you know, I, I, I work in the world of rehab because I think that movement can be medicine. I also run the Barbell Shrug podcast with Doug, and I also really like talking about performance, and I like talking about how being strong is cool. Um, I, if there's other ways to talk about strength and conditioning, I want to learn them. And I think more than rehab, more than performance, more than anything, like I, I really just believe that I, I want to be in the center of the strength and conditioning world. Um, I want I want all the coolest coaches that are doing the coolest things, running the coolest podcasts, and the ability to talk to you. Man, if I that's why I wake up. That's why I want to do. I want to connect with people like you. I want to I want to know what people are doing so that I can learn from them. And I just want to always be a student of strength and conditioning. And I'm lucky lucky enough right now to be in a position that. Um, there's, there's some more, there's additional eyeballs on me because of the podcast. And I'm just really grateful that every day I get to inch a little bit closer to the strength condition to like the center of the strength and conditioning world, which is really, really my passion. I've been doing it for 20, 23 years now. And, um, there's just, I, I finally, not even finally, because it's it's nowhere near where I want it to be, or I'm not even capable of understanding what it could be, to be honest with you. But I'm in a place now that, um, you know, I, I, it's it's easier to get interviews. It's easier to talk to people that I'm really interested to talk to, and that really just I, the 
the rate you would think after 23 years of doing something that the rate that you would learn at would slow down a little bit, but it's doing nothing but accelerating right now. And it's really exciting stuff. So I'm curious, you're talking about all this learning. What has been just the biggest takeaway maybe since the new year? Like what has been, I don't just know like, anything. What you, that's the aha moment that you don't know anything. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Actually. No, I mean, I, I, I'm guessing, I think I know what you mean somewhat by that, but yeah. would you mind sharing with people so that they understand that? Um, yeah. So I, I really don't, I, I, I I don't ever want to walk into a conversation thinking I know more than somebody because it really alleviates my ability to learn from them. Um, and I think a lot of people get hung up in right and wrong. And what I have learned probably more than anything over the last couple of years is that there is no right or wrong. There's things you should be doing and things you probably shouldn't be doing but all of those are based off of your general perception of what you should or should not be doing. Like if you're um, a professional athlete, you shouldn't be doing the same things that Joe Schmo that's got back pain should be doing. Um, now what if, if you have back pain? Yeah, if you, if you have back pain, you definitely shouldn't be doing what pro athletes are doing, right? Um, you know, where our bodies are meant to sit down, push pulls, squat, hinge, carry. And outside of that, like – Let's get creative. Let's have fun. And um, movement should be explored. And how you choose to express movement is up to you. If you want to do it in powerlifting to be the biggest and strongest, awesome. Um, I know what's going to happen to you in like five to seven years unless you take some precautions. But that's the same if you want to go hang out with Ido Portal for five years. You're, you're going to have really big beat up joints and um it's, it's that's really hard work as well um i just want people to connect with their bodies um bring bring a little bit more of a mindful approach come from a place of purpose and um you know, like really understand that movement matters the way you the way you move matters we should have some general principles that we how we get around um, understanding what, what musculature does to our body, how your joints are supposed to move, understanding, you know, optimal ranges of motion. But from there, I, I, I want people to understand that you can lift weights to be really strong. It's totally cool. Um, I also think that people should really understand that lifting weights can be seen through a lens of just building structural integrity in your body. You don't have to be strong. You don't have to work out like a warrior. You don't need to go and kill yourself. You don't need to PR ever. Like you never really need to PR. Who gives a shit? But if you go into the gym every day and you do some bent over rows and, you know, do some push-ups and you're just checking in with all the joints in your body to ensure that you've got range of motion and there's no pain, who am I to tell you you're doing it wrong? Like you, you have the ability to – you have physical freedom. And it doesn't have to of, be lifting either. Like you said, no, that's your passion. But, and that's one thing. And I, I think you might have some good insight on the Sanders. Like I have patients that come to me. They're like, well, what do I need to be doing? Like, what, what should I do? It's like, well, I don't know what the hell do you like to do? Like, I love yeah. to go lift heavy shit. Like, that's me. If you don't like to do yeah. that, it's not going to be helpful for you then too. Yeah. Like, what do you say to people like that then? I, 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 I actually try my, my whole goal is just, um, you know, 
you you live in the strength and conditioning world too. So how many times have you seen on the internet or like anywhere really where people are arguing about literally like the smallest tactics inside the top 1% of <laughs> everything, right? And you're like, guys, this is the dumbest conversation that has ever existed. You're affecting three people right now. But maybe if we can provide like an education system to teaching people that movement matters, like no matter who you are, what you do, like I work with Dr. Teresa Larson and she is a gangster, right? She runs an adaptive athlete class. I hang out with people that are paralyzed all the time and they get in and work out and it's the best part of their day because movement matters. Even if you can't move, finding ways to move will make your life better. You connect with people, you will feel better. Your body is able to process stress. Movement is literally built, this is the first time in the history of ever where you've never actually had to move to live. That's so strange, right? You always, in the past, we've had to walk, you've had to farm, you've had to do things. Now Amazon shows up to your door with all the necessities. You don't actually have to move to live. Like, but our DNA, our genetics, every system in our body, body yeah. <laughs> is built specifically to move. And I just really want to be kind of I want I want that education system and and just instilled in people because it's really important for health and longevity. And if people can find that way to start to it doesn't even need to be an expression, but create some mindfulness around movement of, oh, I'm not just sitting at my desk. Well, maybe if we just put a little bit of emphasis on how you got to your chair, you'll at least be aware that you have to push your hips back. And then when you stand up, just don't stand up. It's like make standing up something that you practice and squeeze your butt, push your hips through. That could be cool, right? Like there's so many places where I don't need you to go to a gym. To be honest with you, I hang out with Andy Galpin. That guy is so cool. And when he talks about the gym, he's like, oh yeah, that place that we created where we have these perfect pull-up bars and these perfect like barbells and we're all walking around on rubber mats. Like, yeah, we're really being primal in the gym. Like, no, we're not. It's a fake place. Like we created it. Um, but if, when you actually are moving, like, man, do when, I'm like the worst person to go walking with because all I do, like if you go to the park, like I, I assume that most people go to the park and it's really relaxing and they're probably having like a cool conversation and all I can do is just watch people run by me and I'm like, no, no, you're running. Why did you start running? You didn't even know how to walk. Like, don't do that. I can like just see the ankles leading into the knees, into the hips. I know your low back sucks. Like, and I'm just like, there's a reason I'm happy. I'm a physical therapist. I'm never yeah. going to be out of work. Like from that yeah, standpoint, just, you're talking like just any movement professional, anybody that teaches strength and conditioning, yeah. anything just from that alone. Yes. It's, it's one of those, you just, you just cringe sometimes seeing these people move. And it's like, if there was just an education system and you were inspired to learn about your body and the processes and, and how it works, everyone would live a much healthier life. And so what does this education system look like? 
I'm curious. Anders. Uh, what, what is the Anders? What 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 is what is what does this come down to? Uh, well, we have to learn how to breathe. That's number one. Um, that's a that's a really important one. Um, so, without getting super into the weeds, like we should we should really learn how to breathe into our belly, activate the diaphragm, deep core muscles. Um, there's you can't. There's no way to do a sit up for your multifidus. Like we have to we have to learn what actually is going on inside our body. Not the the six pack that everyone wants is clearly the least important piece of understanding our our core right so if we can learn how to breathe we get down regulation we get some core stability and for the most part people aren't moving throughout the day so if we can get them thinking about that while they're at work while they're in their car so my it is so crazy right my wife this is such an awesome tangent it's the first time i've ever told this story uh my wife is eight months pregnant right now and we have learned through breath work that um, when she is ex- she is at work experiencing stress um, you know dealing with life which we all have to deal with it's not like she's she's special um, and that she has stress in her life but um, when she's at work um, meetings pop up the baby does not kick the baby is very still it is is very hunkered down looking for safety when we get home or, and we are together, we try to do breath work to just relieve the stress and anxiety of the day. And within about two to three minutes of laying on your back and breathing and calming the nervous system, it signals to the baby that we are in a safe place in which you are able to get up and start moving around. And the baby will literally just start kicking for the next 20 straight minutes while we are doing breath work. It is so strange to me. But at the very basic level, we need to be able to learn how to breathe. And when you do all that, your body recognizes safety. It downregulates. The parasympathetic nervous system becomes like it, it's really, really important to, to understand the physiology behind that stuff. Um, the next piece that we always get into balance, managing external stressors. Um, how are you getting energy back into the world, right? Like we we're constantly giving energy out to other people, whether that's texts, phones, emails, all of the all of the things, right? All energy people are always trying to take energy from you, but how are you bringing energy back into your life? And movement is such a great way, like. I know that people, a lot of people go to the gym and they want the community and they want people around them and they want a lot of training partners. Um, something I've learned is like I, I really enjoy those moments, um, but I also really enjoy quiet time and the ability to bring energy back into myself and into my own life instead of just always being on for the external. Um, and then the, the second piece curious, of like you, when you we were talking about Paul Check before we got on the air. Did you guys do any like working in with him at all? No, oh, we man. dude. I was at his house for like four hours. Yeah, um, which is epic, right? Yeah. But four <laughs> hours of that guy is it's the ultimate uh, like fire hose to the face. <laughs> Just you're like, wow! I didn't even know this guy existed, and now, um, no, I. Dude, I, I could spend 
I mean, people do. I, I would I could spend endless time with that guy. Um, he's he's got. There were some parts of that interview. If you guys haven't listened to the interview that we did with him, I don't even know what episode it is. But Barbell Shrug, Paul Chack, go watch it. Yeah, I'll have to pull um, into it. Yeah, it's super. It's two and a half hours long, and he just goes. But there was some moments in that interview where he nailed my life. So so well, like the the stages of life that you go through from like childhood being a baby and the way you talk to yourself and then getting into your warrior stage it's and basically every seven the years warrior yeah. stage yeah the warrior stage to me he could not have been more spot on and then the like building your kingdom and i was just like dude stop making me sound so cliche like ah uh, i'm special I'm I'm unique, <laughs> and then he just made me feel like I was just not at all like, and I was I I really realized like I was like the extreme of all of those like trying to be the biggest meathead lifter to separate myself from the pack so I could stand out, and then now I have a kid and I'm like trying to find space around me to like raise a family in my kingdom, and I was just like Paul Jack. <laughs> I'm supposed to be special here. You're not helping me feel cool. Um, but yeah, so so those are those are the big things. And then so and the second piece of the balance thing being, um, yeah, the, the structural balances in our bodies. We're we're never gonna alleviate all the imbalances, but I think if we can develop a system for understanding where imbalances are, um, you know that that's really important. And then the mobility stability techniques and exercises to to, to write those. Um, and then the last one, which is actually like the most important thing to me and what I like to focus the most of my time on, like, I, I feel like the breath is something that is, is, is easy. It's not easy to teach. It's the hardest part of teaching people breath work is really just teaching them that it's important and having um, them unlearn their other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it's, it's like, I promise you it's not going to happen today, but if you do this for a couple months, your life will be a lot better. Um, and then like after 20 something years of working out the exercises, the mobility techniques, all that stuff is readily available online. Um, and you can call me, I'll, I'll tell you how to do a glute bridge. It'll be awesome. Um, you know, like that, that stuff is very important, but I would say that that is, um, you know, and if, if you were to look at like the 20 year block, I spent probably 10 years trying to learn mobility, stability and exercises. And now the piece that is super interesting to me is the, the final um, piece to what we talk a lot about, which is just behavior patterns, um, consistency. How do you how do you get somebody to view their life over 100 years? Like I want to live till I'm 120. So now instead of writing a training plan to try and get to the CrossFit Games, now I get to writing training plan to get me to 120. I have to periodize the next 90 years. How strange <laughs> That's a is lot that? of quadrennials, right? That's <laughs> so strange. Oh, my God. But it's a really interesting conversation to me that I, I really like because I don't know what I'm going to do, but that's, that's kind of how I view fitness now. And – that changes well, I, a lot. I, I have to it, I have to chime in that like I love that. Like just saying it that way, 
Yeah. I think that is a fantastic way to look at something. Like, not just what are we going to do the next month, year, 10 no. years? Like, holy shit. No, like, thank you for that. That is kind of just a mind blowing thought to, yeah. like, to process. Well, think about, I mean, just the advances now, how long people live now and how long they can just keep you alive. I'm not even talking about living because a lot yeah. of people that are alive aren't living, right? So if you wanted to live to 120, you have to, every day, you have to understand how you're managing stress, really. That's, that's probably 80% of the battle. Like my PRs today don't matter at all, but if I am able to develop systems to alleviate stress, eliminate inflammation, um, and keep my brain from stressing the fuck out all the time, I have a way better chance of being healthy, mobile, in shape, um, 120. I'm getting there. Modern medicine is going to get us there. Right now, you're really close to getting there, and but the problem is they're getting people to that number, or not 120, but like they're getting people to 100, but they're not... It, it's not like a healthy one, 100 or a healthy well 90. Either. It's, yeah, it's, it's not missing too it's much. It's not components. a 90 year. Yeah, it's not a 90 year old thing that you want to be a part of. But by the in, in 60 years from now, 90 could be really cool. Like there's a really good potential that we, we could do that. 120. What if I go like wakeboarding or surfing at 120? That would be baller. That would be so cool. So that's how I treat my body now. Like I. I think it's important people should lift weights. I think it's really, really important. Uh, just because we don't challenge ourselves anywhere else in in day to day life to to have to, you know, pick things up. Um, but I also think that down regulation should be a really big component to your day to day, and and even going and practicing through some yin yoga or something, and really getting into understanding the nervous system is, is really important on, in the conversation of longevity. Um, and then, you know, exploring movement and, and creativity and having fun are also pieces that very few people talk about. And I think that are really important to the longevity because you can't continue doing the exact same thing forever. So developing creativity becomes a skill set on its own so that you don't get bored. You're always learning something. Um, and and that's why I think that if, if if we all can lead through a place of education, then that that allows us the ability to continue to cultivate whatever this this practice is. And I think that's man, it's it's a really hard conversation because I've been doing it so long that I I feel like I see where the the, the pitfalls are for so many people, and it's like. They're not, they don't cultivate a practice. They would just want a result. And it's, it's really challenging to just like goal setting. I don't even know how I feel about goal setting anymore. People are like, I need a goal. And I'm like, I don't know if you do. Why don't you just commit that every day you're going to do something for yourself physically or just sit still and breathe. But it has to be, you know, something that's really healthy for you. Um, it's a really complex question, but if I can get people to breathe, I can teach them about imbalances, whether they're structural or managing external stressors. We're going to, we're going to live a bit, a little bit more balanced life. And 
somehow create some behavior patterns to drive consistency. So you brought up two things there that I want to touch on. Uh, bored. I don't, do you ever understand when people say they're bored? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't get uh, it. <laughs> I feel like um, people that are bored, man, no, because what, what are you doing? <laughs> Well, and there, how so I wanted to lead that into like creativity. Like, how are you filling that time? Like, what is your creative endeavor? Like, how do you fill your creative space uh, in lieu of being bored all the time? I, I love, it really is like, I, I really love working out, right? So like, I feel like so, so many people put working out in this weird box, right? Where like, I have to go do this today. Well, I actually... I do have to go do it, but it that's it keeps me sane. Like it's it's my one thing during the day that is totally all about me. Um, and um, yeah, I think that and and you probably are very similar. Like we're having this conversation. This is creativity to me. Like I love the ability to converse with other people that are in the same field. Um, I really love writing. Um, I really enjoy just putting out information into the world in a new inspiring way. Hopefully it's inspiring to some people. Um, you know, these conversations fuel me. Um, and I am very lucky that I get to be creative for a living. Um, most people do not get to do that. It's not something to be like taken for granted. Like, um, but yeah, I, man, when it comes to working out, um, so many people are just looking for an answer and a process is so confusing to say, like, really, that's a, that's a strange question I ask myself all the time. If I'm going to live to 120 years old, what would I do? Like it's, it, it changes the perspective for me so much. And, you know, I, I get creative in my workouts because man, if I keep running that same damn hill every day, it's going to suck and I'm never going to want to do it again. And it's not going to be fun. So some days I'll go to the park and I'll just be over in the corner doing like Tai Chi by myself. Not because it's, I think that everyone should be doing that. It's just I've done so much. There's so many things that I've done that now I got to do some weird stuff. And I and what I end up doing is that I learned from it and it's cool. And I recognize that there's a place for it. Um, and I just get to learn about my body more and the systems. So the creativity is just, I, I just, what I do when I'm bored is I learn. And the thing I like learning about is movement, strength and conditioning and learning from, from other people that are on the same, on the same path. Outside of movement, strength and conditioning, what's, what's something else you're passionate about? Like what's something else if you, if you, if you, is there anything else you'd like to dive into? Just, I don't like, is it the cosmos? Is it like what's in the uh, middle of the earth? I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else you're just, into? Uh, anything, any strange documentary on Netflix? Uh, okay. what's, what's the most recent yeah. one? What's the no, most recent I, one? I would say, honestly, I am a massive observer of humanity. That is like my, so last week I was in Vegas and my wife was working and, 
there is no stranger place in the world, right? Like, if you just assume that humans are monkeys, right? Like, we're animals. And all these, like, humans got together and created this place in the middle of the desert. And they just decided that they were going to invite everyone. They're going to build these big things, these big hotels. And then all the people are going to show up. And for a week, they're all just going to stop caring about what other people think of them. And they're just going to be authentically themselves, right? And now you've got all these people running around in, like, Star Wars costumes. And, like, you see people in this, like, habitat that's, like, completely made up, but they've let go of their inhibitions. And you see just... And you can just walk around and observe these people, like what they eat. You can see how they move. You can see how they just live their lives. And I really, really enjoy it. And I wasn't joking about like I enjoy watching weird Netflix documentaries because I get to observe people that are doing stuff in their field at the highest levels, right? Like I've watched like documentaries on like like kid magicians and it's like it's super cool to me just to watch people try to be really good. Like there's really no difference between like magic and CrossFit or what whatever I'm doing. Like all the same principles apply. All the same characters apply. The people that are doing really well also have like a personality. They're very charismatic. Um, those are the things that I really geek out on um, because I think it helps me connect with people. I think that that's really at the heart of what I really enjoy doing is just connecting with people and finding those commonalities of like, I, I always end up entering into the situation as like a strength coach or whatever that conversation is. It's always someone's coming to me as a strength coach and they want to know, um, what, how I can help them. Well, I know how I can help you, but what, I can get from you is I get to learn about your life and the things that you're interested in. And the more things I learn about, the more different, uh, you could say like subjects that I learn from the, the better my ability is to connect with other people. Um, even if I just have a, a very elementary understanding of wh whatever it is that they're, they're into just the ability to connect with people and, and learn, a little bit about everything. The way when you're saying that, I'm thinking like when I'm working with a patient, like in the clinic, something like that. I'm so interested in what it is that like makes them tick, what they do, because yeah. it's like you said. I get to like I get to help them out, right? Like I get to help them move better, feel better, do this. But then they're helping me out from like I just get to ask them questions. Like I get to talk and find out like all these things. So it's like I get to. Similar to right now, like, all right, we're doing the interview, just getting a chat. It's kind of the same thing. Like, I get to interview and just ask people questions and learn from them all day. And it's yeah. like a fascinating journey uh, because then I can take th that talk and something else might come up later in the day. It's like you can just relate all of these things together. It's yeah. I, I find it so enjoyable. So so think about, like, I mean, people come to you because they, they want whatever it is, back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain, whatever it is. They want that. They want to feel better, right? But – if you realize that you're just like a part of that person's team to get them to whatever their goal is, it kind of changes the whole conversation because they also have like an accountant. 
they also have a, um, a, a lawyer or they also have a boss. So you can find out so much about people just wondering why they came to you to get to the goal that they're looking for. Uh, we're, re we're really just a small piece of that person's life. Uh, and if it's, it's very easy because we get really nerded out on how cool our jobs are and how important our work is and how much we care about it that we, it's very easy to forget that you're just one person on that other, on, on your patient's team that is helping them get where they're going. Like, um, and, and finding out what actually is their purpose and what their goals are or where, where they, you know, what all of their teammates are doing to help them get to is, is a really interesting conversation because people are crazy. Everyone's got something. People are super crazy. <laughs> and if you give them, you know, your physical therapist, when someone lays on that table, they will tell you everything. And yes, <laughs> all you got to do is ask. It is, it is a wild thing and they will just, let you know all of the details. Don't even always have to ask. I'm sure. Okay. So you coach people too, right? Like, so, I mean, yeah, it's, you don't have to ask. You can just be around somebody. You can just kind of let them know, like you're there for them. You're going to help them. And it could be like, again, through a movement. And all of a sudden that movement brings out so much, like talk yeah. about the fire hose before, like just everything coming at you. It can yeah. be the same exact thing. It's crazy. They, uh, people really want to connect. And if you are able to create some sort of personality and trust with them, watch out. It's, right, they're going to so unload everything. You said a very important thing there. Connect. Like, where are we going? So, okay. Social media, Facebook, I mean, Instagram, everything like it's artificial connection, right? It's, yeah. it's not a true connection. Where are we heading with this? Like, how is this going to change just like we're, you're talking like an observer of humanity. So I'm curious your thoughts. Uh, I don't know exactly what my question is, but it's like, where is that true connection versus this internet connection? Like going to take us, yeah. where are we going to go with it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I wish I was like, well, I think that probably the biggest question to that I try to ask myself when I think about that is like, how do I make people feel? And that is um, a lot of times that can only be done in person or like through a conversation because I don't know how someone reads. That's why I think this podcasting thing is so important to everyone. Uh, me and you get to talk and there's voice inflection. There's nonverbals. There's a lot of things that happen in conversation that if I write a blog post, I'm telling you what's right or this is how I feel. But you don't ever get to say something back to me, right? Um, if I put up a YouTube video and it is the, the nine coolest stretches in the world, like that's me telling you my opinion. In this medium, we get to have a conversation. That's very, very cool. Um, I think that the future of everything really is going to turn into um, experiences and creating experiences for people because everyone has a podcast. I'm one of them. Um, everyone's got a YouTube channel. I'm one of them. 
awesome. Like great places to converse, great places to um, get spread information, develop personality, build trust. Um, but the real, the real magic I think is in, um, creating experiences for people. Like think about, um, man, if you go to a concert, everyone already knows all the songs. Everyone already knows, um, you know, what the set playlist really isn't, isn't everybody knows what's coming and they, you know, they're going to crank out their top 10 songs. It's going to be an off. But what do they go for? They go for that shared experience of that night. And that's never going away. The concert's never going away. So our role as strength coaches and our role as therapists and everything is to create experiences for people and make them feel good and create a shared feeling so that I mean, I, one day it would be awesome. How cool would it be if like one day, um, a strength coach stood on a stage and there was 15,000 people in front of them, um, having like a concert experience. How rad would that be? And you were able to motivate and everybody was able to share in this, like in this experience together. But instead of music, we were talking about, um, glute activation like I, I don't know how you do it like it <laughs> yeah. sounds ridiculous but um if you can create an experience for people that's very very special um and i, I think that that really is where a lot of it's going because information is really easy to get experiences aren't i'm just wondering now how to create that experience like i i want to yeah, see a strength coach a i, I want to see a strength coach that's worth just going to 15,000 people there. And I mean, you, you see like there are strength and conditioning conferences all across the world. Right. But it's like, none of them are necessarily like that rock concert experience. Like you can yeah. get some good takeaways, no doubt. But I, I wonder how that gets stepped up to that next level of this is just yeah. jam packed. I don't know. I think it's, it's, um, and there's, there's a lot of options, right? Um, it's, it starts with building trust and meeting people and making them feel good and making them want to continue that feeling, right? Um, like music's just a widget, just like back squats are a widget. Um, there's there's probably some some additional things, but if you know if you take a, a group fitness class and you own a gym, you're creating that experience. Um, you, you want them, you want people to feel a certain way so that every day at four o'clock they want to show up and be a part of that. Um, I, I don't think that it's impossible by any means. I think that we all kind of have a responsibility to, I think that's what people are going to be chasing, right? They're not going to be chasing. If you type in back squat on the internet right now or shoulder mobility, there's, a billion results are going to come back, but there's only one me and I'm the only one that can make you feel the way that I want you to feel. And through that, we can create an experience that'll make you want to go live a healthier life. So it's really about how many people can you touch and inspire to, to want to live a healthier life and be a part of that thing. Like look at Tony Robbins. What does that guy do? Teaches people to take care of take to wake up in the morning and give a shit about their lives. It's not reinventing the wheel, but he makes people feel a certain way 
and they'll spend 10 grand to go listen to him yell on a stage for four days. That's incredible. Why can't we do that in the strength and conditioning world? I don't know. That, and again, that's yeah. that's exactly it. There's there's no reason it can't be done. Who's no, going to just step just up and to, do it? it? I mean, it starts small. Like I, it starts with, I don't know. I I want to I want to go to gyms and run podcasts and um, do seminars. Like that's a really simple start. Like why why does a seminar have to be sold out at fifty people? Why can't a seminar be sold out at fifteen thousand? That's like. There, there's no reason why um, you can't create experiences and you can't make people feel a certain way so that they're you're able to attract what that is like every everything you do should be a concert it should it should be that that grand it should be that inspiring to people that they want to go take action instantly and uh, that's that's why I like learning from a lot of different, modalities like <laughs> it's funny to talk about like netflix documentaries because they're so weird and whatever but they're weird and if you look at them and you think that like whatever i'm watching this about whatever the subject is but those people are performing um people that are the best at what they do are performing and i i think it's a to think that a strength coach isn't a performer is ridiculous like we are performing all the time if you're if you're putting on if you're a personal trainer and you don't think you're putting on an hour long performance for your client every single time you talk to them you're wrong like that is 100% what you are doing the the back squats or the whatever clean and jerks you're teaching them how to do whatever whatever the workout is is a very small piece to having long-term clients like it should be funny it should be engaging you should be making your clients feel a certain way um the majority of what goes on in that hour should be about how you make them feel and also getting them in shape at the same time i i think that's a beautiful way to look at it like the, the performance <laughs> of it all yeah we're I mean, performing why, right now why I mean, in the yeah. world i like I really, all right. So when I was a really young kid, I look. I think everything we do in life is performance arts. Like why? I just don't understand. Um, it, it's so frustrating to me when I see coaches that are that don't view themselves as um, as their class or their personal training or whatever it is. It drives me crazy when I when I see them not viewing what they're doing as performance arts. Um, after you've been in this world long enough, you realize the 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 rep schemes and the the programming. Yeah, it's important just in that you want to keep people healthy and exercise selection matters. But man, what what are you showing up for every day? You want to feel a certain way. Well, how do we make people feel a certain way? We have to put on a performance. And it's um, it doesn't have to mean that it's like some theatrical, fake-looking play. But when you stand in front of a crowd, you've got two minutes to gain their attention, right? So why that we should practice the first two minutes of your class, the way that we introduce ourselves. We should think about coaching in a manner of like, 
you're in front of this whiteboard or you're in front of this workout and you're talking to a group of 20 people, you're already seen in this position of power. So the very first thing you should do is take yourself out of that position of power because now you become approachable. Now you become relatable. And that's really important because now you can develop trust with your clients that they're going to be able to come and ask you a question. If you stand up at the front of the room and you're like, today we're doing clean and jerks and I did 300, well, you've lost them because now you've told them how much cooler you are than them and they don't, they're not going to have that trust with you, right? So the very first thing that we should always do is get on the same level with people, like become relatable, um, get out of that position of power. Just because you're in front of the class, you're always going to have that position of power, but the way that you become relatable is by getting on their level and experiencing, you know, putting yourself in their shoes first. And then we can get into the workout, but are you funny? Like, can you make people laugh? Is that something, like, we sh these little things, when I was a little kid and people would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would always tell, and this is really strange, like, people would tell me that I was nuts, but I, I don't even know what regular kids want, but I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And I thought that that was like the coolest thing ever that people could get on stage and make other people laugh. And even at six years old, when people would ask me that, and they'd be like, you don't need to go to school for that. Well, I didn't need to go to school to be a strength coach either. Like I have never been schooled to be a strength coach, but from the time I was 13, this is what I like doing. And this is what I learned the most about. And now I have the ability to go and teach people about it. Um, but when I owned my gym, and I would go to, we would do coaches meetings. We would talk about performing. It would be performance arts. That's very, very important because I want people to feel a certain way when they walk in this place. And trust me, every single day, I don't feel a hundred percent. Like I'm stressed out. I, I got a lot of things going on in life, but when you hand me a microphone, I know how I want you to feel. And it's really important to me that when you walk into my gym, that's how people feel because we need to give them an experience and they need to know that there's something more than just lifting weights. You can go lift weights anywhere, but the way that you feel and the experience that I give you needs to be different and it needs to be really special. And I think that it's really important for coaches to understand that or any professionals. Like I want everything to be an experience when people are around me. It's actually like one of the core things that I like that I started thinking about probably three, four years ago. Um, so my one of my gym shared a wall with a coffee shop and we got free coffee there, right? It was the coolest setup ever. Coolest setup ever. <laughs> free coffee, can't beat that. Um, but what happened was that coffee shop turned into like the hub of where our members hung out. They would come work out or before their workout, they'd be in the coffee shop, they'd be doing work, and then they'd come right to the gym. Well, that coffee shop started to turn into like a landmine of two-minute conversations. And because I'd have to go in there, I would have to have a one to two-minute conversation with the barista. I would have a one to two-minute conversation with the member that's sitting over there another two minute conversation and I'd have to go have all these one to two minute conversations. Well, now all of a sudden me having a two minute conversation becomes performing arts because I have to be good at it. I can't walk in and blow these people off 
because I have to go to work. That's rude. You're a jerk. If they have work, they can blow you off. But if they would like to talk to you, it's my responsibility to ensure that when you are around me, we are. I, you feel a certain way. I don't want you to think I'm a jerk. I'm not a jerk. I'm just busy. But when, when you see those people in the coffee shop, it's like, I want to master the three-minute conversation. How do I do that? How do I make people feel, even if I'm only talking to them for 30 seconds? So you want to know like the easiest way to do it is just ask people how they're doing and be genuinely interested and like say thank you. Like look up from your phone and ask your barista how they're doing. It is so simple. And they are so surprised when you ask when you genuinely ask them. Um, like not the oh hey, how you doing? It but look them in the eye and ask them how they're doing. And it goes a long ways. Say thank you. It's really simple. Say please. Like the most basic things, but I don't want it to sound like like cheap, but by saying it's like a performance, but it's it's I I've ta- I I want people to feel a certain way uh, when I'm around them, and it goes from my work to the way that I treat people to um, all of that, and I think that strength and conditioning is just the widget that I I get to connect people with and experiences is how I stay in their lives. And we really got off on a tangent here. Yeah, but that might've been the golden nugget of the whole conversation so far. So Anders, see, you keep saying like performance, but you say like you want it to be authentic. I think what people need to understand with that too is like this, it's, it's not that you're putting on like a fake performance. Like you truly mean that. Like you want to have that conversation. Like sometimes you're just busy and you're still going, but it's not that you want to just Hey, say, yeah, screw you and just keep walking by. It's like, that is an authentic conversation. Like if you're willing to have it and just say, how are you? Like, there's nothing yeah, wrong with that. Even, even if it is a performance, like it's an authentic performance. That's what matters too. Yeah. And there's nothing fake about it. Like I'm genuinely interested in it. I think what I think when I say the, the idea of like performance arts to me is not about being fake at all. It's about being mindful of how I make people feel. And being aware of how I make people feel like um, if I'm in a room and there's a lot of unhappy people, (laughs) that's probably not a good thing. Like if I'm standing in front of a a group fitness class and nobody looks excited to be there, no one's laughing. There's so I have a um, somebody that really like brought this to my attention. I have a, a good friend. He's actually one of the interventionists on the show Intervention. And he, this was, I showed up. So Monday morning was always like, that's my class. If I can start these people's weeks off 6am with a bang, I feel like I'm, it's going to be a great week. And this one morning, uh, it's completely dark. Um, I turn, I park my car, I'm walking into the gym and there's this monster standing out front of the gym, right? This guy is like six, four probably like 240 he has a neck tattoo that goes like you know how people have like an arm sleeve tattoo he's got one around his neck and the front of it coming out of his throat is a clown face and i was just like what the f-? 
fuck like this guy is so lost and why is he standing outside the gym like i don't want to deal with this at 5:45 and turns out he's like the nicest human being i've ever met in my life right and he's doing some of the best things in the world but he didn't just get there right he went to jail many many times he was in gang life south central los angeles like super super not a place you want to be started a gang riot in jail yeah scary and he um got sent to the hole for a year literally sat in solitary confinement for a year that's like all all of the psychologists will tell you like that solitary confinement is the worst form of punishment that can ever exist because we need human interaction so badly uh, to be able to survive. So he found somehow he got paroled out and they let him out of jail a week later because he hadn't changed any of his life and he only knew the gang life. He got put back in jail and they threw him in the exact same hole that he just got out of. And however, however long he was back in jail for, I wish I could remember all the, the tiny details, but he got out of jail and he, he changed his life and he showed up at my gym probably six, four to six months after he got out of jail for the second time. And this guy's life has been incredibly challenging. Like he's, um, experienced things that I'll never experience. There's just no way I'll ever, ever know what his life actually was like and how hard it was and all the things that happen when you're born into like gang families and looking for leadership and the only people there are like the drug dealers on the side of the corner, right? Um, but I interviewed him and I just was like talking to him about his life because he's he's got nine felonies. He can't have a real job. Um, and the only thing that he can do is be an intervention specialist to go. He's bigger and stronger and scarier and has a more aggressive story than everyone else. So he sees the biggest, strongest, scariest people that exist in this world. And he's got to go sit down and tell his story to them and tell them that there really can be a future if you want it. So he joins a gym. Everyone's kind of scared because he's got this neck tattoo. He's got the teardrops coming out of his eyes. And slowly but surely, everybody realizes, like, this guy happens to be one of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. Like, he legitimately went through the self-work to somehow find strength in this journey of his. So I'm interviewing him, and he told me, I was like, you know, like, what, what is it about, you know, the gym and the people and all that that keeps you going? And he changed my life and he was like look dude you need to understand he said it's six o'clock in the morning on every single monday morning i walk into your world and you make me laugh and he's like i don't know if you know how important that is to people it's like you provide a platform so that people feel better every single day you do something really positive for their life and if you think you're a strength coach, that's cool. Like, go make people strong. But if you want to change people's lives, you better understand how you're affecting them. You better understand how you're making them feel. That was one of the first times anybody had ever told me that, you know, I 
I made, I made them feel better. And I, I was providing an experience that was, was life changing to them, you know, like going from jail and then meeting me and I was the inspiration. I was the reason he wanted to get up at five thirty in the morning and performance is not about being fake or not often like not having the authenticity. It's about um, realizing that you have a responsibility to affect other people. And, you know, like I, I want people to, I want people to walk away having very positive experiences, feeling inspired to take control of their own life, take care of the things that they, um, they're struggling with. They're, they're, you know, it's really easy to go be negative. It's really easy to feel beat down, stressed out, overworked. Um, so if I can be the opposite of that and I can inspire people to keep going and I can make it fun and create an environment in which they want to be a part of every day, why can't 15,000 people show up to that? Put your fucking lighters up in the air. Let's go. Let's throw a concert. <laughs> Oh, uh, Anders. Uh, all right. We can keep going forever here. There's one more question I have for you. Um, cause I, I usually ask people like who they want to hear on this podcast, but I'm curious, who have you not learned from? Who have you not just got to sit down chat with yet? Do you really want to have on your show that you could just interview and just go to town with them and just learn all about them? Uh, man, I've only been doing this thing for like three months now. So yeah, but I don't mean just so on the many podcast. people. You, um, you've still learned from so many other people. So like, I'm curious just out of anybody, like you've even had the opportunity to just come across, like who would you just want to have on the person that I'm the most excited to interview that I haven't. Um, so I actually have interviewed the person that I, uh, that I talk to that I want to talk to all the time. And it's the coolest. Like I trained with John Cena for three and a half years and I've learned more. I wish, actually, I don't wish everybody had that opportunity because then my opportunity wouldn't be so special. Um, but I, I wish everybody could understand how important and how intelligent that guy is. And I got to interview him like a month ago. Um, and I mean, it's it, probably the most important person that's ever walked into my life in the last, you know, probably since my parents, my wife, she's going to be around longer than Cena. Um, he can leave. <laughs> she can't. Um, but you know, out, outside of like the immediate, immediate families, like having a mentor like him and then the ability to interview him and, um, just all the things that you learn. Like I, so you, you think about, uh, you know, I talk about like the performing art side of things, right? Like, um, and how important I think, how you make people feel is, um, I, I train with that guy. I watch him do it. Nobody, nobody realizes when they see him that he was a trainer at gold's gym. Like I have a path that I can follow and somebody that's done it that I get to hang out with all day long. So I'm not just like talking about performing arts as if this is a thing. Like he could just go be a wrestler. But he's really interested in hearing what the crowd's noise is. And that's a very different conversation, right? And I get to have that conversation with him. And it's very, very important to me to know that we all could just go do our jobs. Like you could just go be a PT. But if we wanted to take it a step further, 
like he's helped me understand that the way you make people feel matters and um that that's really really important and kind of something that i don't you know i it might if you thought everything I said over the last hour was bullshit, there's a reason that I say it. It's, I, I think it's because I, I got to hang out with him so much and watch him perform all the time and then also go to dinner and watch him not perform and know that there's a difference but also know that they're the same person and they come from the same place and they come from the same values. It's just one is one is larger than life and then one is like my friend that I go eat dinner with. Um, and it, it's, it's not fake, it's real. And there's a lot of self-work that goes into that. Um, that, you know, I, I, I consider myself to be very lucky to, to have had a mentor that can like literally like show me how you can go from being a personal trainer to what you see in the movies and on TV every night. Like that's, that's it's incredible to me that I, I've had that opportunity. Um, as far as people that have changed, the, the interview that I have not had that I'm the most looking forward to is one day sitting down with um, Katie Bowman. I if there it sounds I read uh, her book Move Your DNA and uh, sometimes when you like read a book that just meets you at the exact moment in your life when you need to, to read that book or you, you find a mentor or you find a coach or you find somebody that is just can, can provide a little bit of depth to some of the things going on in your brain. Um, I read move your DNA and it, it just like changed just the way I, I view just the system of living that we we've created um, and I, if I, I wrote her a thank you note and I never sent it, which is really embarrassing, but I have it on my computer and one day I want to read it to her. It's like my goal. If I can interview Katie Bowman and read her the thank you note that I was too scared to send, um, that'll be like a really cool moment in my life. Well, I, I look forward to, uh, hearing you or just hoping do you get that opportunity. That would be awesome. So yeah. Anders. Share with everybody. Hey, where can they find more about you? What you have going totally. on? I mean, everything. Give them the um, rundown. Yeah, come to your.movement-rx.com. Um, that's where all of our programs are. Um, if you want to learn everything that goes on in my brain and how I communicate with people and um, listen to Barbell Shrugged, every Wednesday we release a new episode. Um, we just expanded into the Shrugged Collective, which I've been a, a big part of and been very lucky to um, have a lot of my ideas heard by Mike and Doug. Um, those guys are kind of legends in, in the podcasting multimedia space and the ability to, to sit down and be a part of the, the new vision and the collective is, is really cool. So we've got five shows that we're launching Um a week um it's going to be growing from there but that's three weeks ago yeah three weeks ago um we launched the shrug collective so um 
basically a daily podcast coming out and I am the host of Barbell Shrugged and we launch every or we release a new episode every Wednesday, sometimes bonus episodes on Saturdays, which are a little bit more low key, um, just hanging out episodes, which are cool. Um, come to Barbell Shrugged, shruggedcollective.com, movement-rx.com and at Anders Varner on all the things. I think that's it. That's Just that is perfect. The loudest voice on the internet. Hopefully that's me. <laughs> and hopefully you're standing in front of uh, fifteen thousand uh, raging like lighters happen. up like strength and conditioning fans. Look, it's gonna happen. We're gonna one day we're gonna look back on this conversation. I literally wrote an article. So <laughs> I don't know <laughs> this. Do you believe in all this stuff? That like could manifesting happen? your own your own vision of where you're going. It's the only way to do it. Right? Like I I don't know. Two years ago I wrote an article just about I feel like strength and conditioning needs to go this route. Like I think that um I think that CrossFit was the first well, maybe in my lifetime, it's definitely not the first, but I think CrossFit was the closest this thing ever got. Like they created a sport out of strength and conditioning. That's crazy. That is so crazy, right? Like I've been watching Glassman for the last 12 years of my life and nobody realizes that Greg Glassman was some junkie trainer at 24 hour fitness that found a way to make it happen. So why can't all of us, what makes what makes Greg Glassman special? He's Dude, manifesting his destiny. He got better results and he told better stories. And if we can all do that, we're not trainers anymore. We're performing. We already know that we can get trainers. We already know how to get people in shape. But if you really want to make an impact, you have to, you have to put on, give people an experience. Like going and doing CrossFit is an experience in your life because you've never felt that way ever. So hard, so painful. Nobody's ever felt that level of pain from working out, right? They create an experience of this workout every day and you're around the community and all these people and these shared experiences. Go out and create that experience for people and see where it takes you. You can become a regular trainer and all of a sudden create one of the largest sports in our country right now through strength and conditioning. You can be just a regular trainer at Gold's Gym and one day be John Cena. Like, if people start thinking bigger and understanding the impact that they can have just through stuff they like, man, we can we can all make this world better. Guys, listen to the man. He has some awesome things to share. No, this has been this has been fantastic. Anders, thank you again so much for just everything you had to share with everybody. Uh, this has been fantastic. I appreciate it as well. So thank you so much. Thanks, man. This is awesome. Hey, guys, and thank you for listening to the Bare Naked Health Podcast. If you want to support the show, please head over to iTunes, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, give a five-star rating, positive comment. This really helps other people find this show uh, or just share it with your friends. Uh, Hopefully, they can get something out of it too. But thank you very much and look forward to talking to you soon. Mm -hmm.